welcome to the award-winning show, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. We return for season six to answer the biggest question for career military families. So when are we going to get out? And everything involved with answering this question. I'm your creator and co-host, Jen Amos, and also with me is Jenny Lynn Stroop. Together, we will converse with special guests from and for our military community to share knowledge, resources, and relevant stories on how we can best hold down the fort while on active duty, going through transition, and into post-military life. Now, let's get into the show. Hey everyone, Jen Amos here. Just want to go ahead and introduce this next episode for all of you and share a quick announcement. In today's episode, we have Jason Madden, who went from serving for 15 years to transitioning to a military spouse, a franchise entrepreneur, career ownership coach, and co-host of the Doing the Thing podcast. He shares how becoming medically discharged and his desire to be with his wife were the catalyst for him to reinvent himself as a veteran. Today, Jason educates veterans on the various ways to be an entrepreneur, describes entrepreneurship for people working within a company, and how to use your own funds, such as the thrift savings plan, to invest in your own business, and much more. Jason, it was a pleasure to have you on our show. Really excited for our listeners to listen in on this conversation today. And of course, if you all want to connect with Jason now, you could either connect with him on LinkedIn or check out the show notes of this episode to visit his website or shoot him an email. Lastly, this episode is brought to you by U.S. Vet Wealth. Navigate your military retirement pay and survivor benefit plan alternatives by getting free access to U.S. Vet Wealth's white papers. These white papers are tailored toward specific ranks such as E7, E9, O5, and O6. So if you are navigating your military retirement right now and you're looking for alternative education and resources, especially if you are the ranks of E7, E8, E9, O5, and O6, go ahead and visit usvetwealth.com. That's U-S-V-E-T-W-E-A-L-T-H.com forward slash retirement pay to get access to these white papers. The great thing about these white papers is that there is no email opt-in necessary. We just want to get these documents into your hands to learn, again, how to navigate your military retirement pay and survivor benefit plan alternatives. So once again, that website is usvetwealth.com forward slash retirement pay. And so I want to give you a hint as to what you'll find in these documents One of the greatest things that you'll learn about in these white papers is how to keep 100% of your military pension. Now you're probably wondering, wait a minute, wasn't I going to get 100% of my military pension anyway when I transitioned in post-military life? And that, my friends, is a question that will be answered in these free white papers, which you can once again download for free with no email opt-in necessary at usvetwealth.com forward slash retirement pay. Once again, that's usvetwealth.com forward slash retirement pay. With that said, thank you, US Vet Wealth, for sponsoring our show today.
everyone. Welcome back. It's 2022. I am your creator and co-host of the award-winning podcast show, Holding Down the Fort. And as always, I have my amazing co-host with me, who is, by the way, I wrote this down, the 2022 Armed Forces Insurance Naval Station Norfolk Spouse of the Year, Jenny Lynn Stroop. Jenny Lynn, welcome back. Hey, so glad to be here. Welcome back, guys. I am really excited to, first and foremost, remind you all what Holding Down the Fort is about. So Holding Down the Fort focuses on sustaining a fulfilling and purposeful military life. And thereafter, that's actually a new description we have here, meaning post-military, through conversation and community building. And this year, Jenny Lynn, we have a theme. So normally, I just talk about the mission, but we have a theme this year. And we've never done themes But I think this is going to be really fun, especially with all the people we've been talking to so far about this theme. And I know it's especially great for you because you're actually asking yourself this question, you and Matthew. So just so you all know, the theme for this season is answering the question, when are we going to get out? (laughs) And everything that's involved with that. Janelyn, any initial thoughts about that question? Oh my gosh, I wish the answer to that question was sooner rather than later. (laughs) That's where we're at at the Stroop House. Looking forward to really digging into that. So I am excited to hear all of the things that I need to be considering now before we actually make that transition in a couple of years. Yes. And luckily, you have a show in which you get to live vicariously through people who are already in post-military life sharing their war stories of (laughs) transition. So without further ado, we are really, really excited. We have a guest that I have been fortunate to connect with on LinkedIn. Honestly, I don't remember how we got connected, but I'm glad that we did because Jason Madden has a very interesting story. So he was a veteran of 15 years. And get this today, he's actually a military spouse. His wife is still in active duty. When he decided to transition, he went directly into entrepreneurship. He didn't just become a franchise entrepreneur. He actually became a career ownership coach, which I think is actually interesting because most of the time when, you know, people want to become a coach, for example, they want to have some experience first before they kind of give advice. But I actually just love Jason's take on why he decided to do both (laughs) at the same time. He also is the co-host of the podcast show, Doing the Thing podcast. And he was the 30 Heroes for 30 Years Award winner. So without further ado, Jason, welcome to Holding Down the Fort. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, that was the um, vet franchise, 30 Heroes for 30 Years. We're going to be tripping up on that thing for the rest of the show. But that was for the International Franchise Association, which, uh, you know, kind of piped into that that franchise entrepreneurship, which... uh, I'm pretty proud of. I thought that was uh, really great that they uh, had recognized me for that. I did not expect that. So, but anyway, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. I think that's how you know you're doing a good thing is that you get awarded. You don't even realize it. Like, I love how offline we were like, what's the name of your award again? <laughs> that's <laughs> like, how you know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice because, you know, some people want to chase the award, they want to chase for the title. But the fact that you, we're just doing the thing. A shameless plug for your podcast. You know, here you are, you know, 30 Heroes for 30 Years Award winner. So, Jason, like I said, I'm really excited to chat with you today, considering the work that you're doing. And I thought I'd ask you because you are a military spouse. I think that's really interesting that you are a military spouse. And I had to ask you when you and your wife were in the process of making that decision for you to transition, how did that conversation go? How did you guys decide, okay, I'm going to transition out? 
wifey, you can stay. <laughs> you can stay in active duty. Yeah. Well, first of all, she outranked me by a bunch. So oh. that was kind of an no, obvious thing, right? <laughs> I was a warrant officer. She's a field grade officer. She's a major. You know, so there's some big di- uh, differences there. So the big part of that conversation was actually kind of, you know, being able to stay together because we're mm. both different branches of service. I was in the Army. She was in the Air Force. I had an unfortunate opportunity nonetheless to do a med board through the army. And so got, you know, in a way medically retired. So I kind of took advantage of that a little bit. It was, it wasn't something that I really wanted to do, but it wasn't something I really had a lot of control of in the first place, you know? So I took that opportunity and we really ran with it. And instead of sticking around in the career field that I was in with the military, I chose to really use this opportunity to reinvent myself. And I was finishing up my MBA through Penn State at that time. And and I was thinking like, why don't I try entrepreneurship? You know, and and that was kind of like the seed that was planted through my education, through my master's program. I I learned that I really hated project management and that was my MBA focus. And I was like, this is cool and everything, but I don't see myself doing this for anybody. And so I started, uh, I started investigating franchising because I, Liked the idea of being an entrepreneur, but I didn't really know where to start. And I didn't really, I didn't necessarily trust myself to build something from scratch because I've mm. done that before. I, you know, when I was active duty and, and kind of overlapping into going out, I had a personal training brand called the Outlier Fitness Project. And while I had some really great ideas, I wasn't that great at, you know, promoting myself and getting all the tools in place for that business. And it was just very haphazard. So that's where I kind of felt like I needed to do something like a franchise where, all those systems and processes were already in place. And then I could just, you know, execute them. I could leverage them based off of my goals. So the first thing I started looking at, because I'm the meathead, right, is I, I wanted to do Anytime Fitness. And I started investigating Anytime Fitness, and it was a great brand. I really enjoyed learning about it. And I was very close to pulling the trigger. I was going to open up three gyms in Helena, Montana. But my wife kind of put the brakes on, like, do you really want your first business to be brick and mortar? And, you know, at that time, we were moving from Colorado to Boston and be on the East Coast could be on the complete opposite side of the country. I was like, point taken. I might just <laughs> go back and kind of do a little bit more research. And as I was doing that research, I found a coach that's, you know, kind of doing what I'm doing now. So it's, we're going to kind of tie into that story. But she helped, helped me kind of evaluate some other, you know, possibilities, you know, that I might not have thought about or even really looked at on my own. And and she opened us this whole new realm that had no idea what was out there with franchising. I had no idea you could be a franchisee in a home-based business that was virtual, mobile, and no territory. Mm. And, and I thought that was amazing. You know, I can move with my wife anywhere in the country to include overseas, and I could still run the same business that this coach was running. And I was like, you're a franchise, right? And she's like, yeah. So with the possibilities that we're looking at right now, let's put the entrepreneur source on the table because I really like the idea of what you're doing. And not to mention that I went through boots to business with, you know, my transition program with the military and there was no chat, no talk about franchising whatsoever. It was all about building a business plan and listening to the guy that ran the roach coach on the ranges at Fort Carson. It's like, that's not the sexiest business in the world, but I get it. You got a lot to share, but that's not exactly why I'm hoping to learn. And so in meeting with this coach, I found an opportunity to be able to educate other veterans on what else is out there because there's so many ways to be an entrepreneur. 
I mean, you could be that startup entrepreneur like I tried with the Outlier Fitness Project. You could buy an existing business from somebody. You know, that's, that has all sorts of other issues tagged on to that too. You could be a franchisee or you could be a passive investor, you know? So I chose, you know, to be that active investor with a franchise. And I love being able to educate others on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I want to ask uh, Jenny Lynn a quick second or a quick question here because I love that, you know, you and your wife kind of backtracking a little bit, you know, shared your reason as to why you wanted to transition out. And it was really that goal to stay together. You know, and I love that was a, you know, a couple's decision. So Jenny Lynn, I'm sure you probably have some thoughts about that. I want to hear from you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, one, I think it's great that you guys had that conversation and were able to come to something that worked for both of you. I mean, yesterday was my 13th wedding anniversary. Spent it alone. My husband's out to sea, as many military families do. And so, you know, as we come up looking on by the book, he has about five years left by real life. Who knows how long that'll be? Um, Promotions and all that stuff that might happen along the way that can extend the time. Yeah, correct. Yeah. You know, but being able to have those talks and do something that works for you as a couple is so important in military life, especially in like this age, you know, that the model that worked for many years where the military spouse just up and moves every two years and uproots and then has to replant and uproot and replant is becoming, you know, it's a model that as everybody continues to like go out in the workforce and do things that work for them, it's a model that becomes harder and harder for families because everybody has goals. And also we still have such a tie to being military families. I mean, I know that I've found that in my job. I am extraordinarily grateful that I have the relationship I have with my boss at a brick and mortar space that is across the country because, you know, I am able to work remotely. And that is something that, you know, a couple years ago, prior, really prior to the pandemic, yeah, yeah, people really didn't see as an option. And so in that way, you know, I'm I'm really grateful both to my boss I work for and like having done everything I did over the computer anyway, thanks to COVID. But, you know, everybody's looking for that model that works for the whole family. Because if you're yeah. going to be career military, it has to work for your whole family. Otherwise, the family really suffers. I mean, I'm in mental health. There's a reason I'm in mental health. <laughs> yep. That's right. That's right. Funny that you mentioned that. So that's my wife's career field too. She's an Air Force psychologist. So Ooh. we get to you know talk about all that kind of stuff all the time. I get to be you know have that firsthand experience on some of those conversations, which are pretty fascinating. And I want to speak to that that remote work and gig economy kind of perspective too, because that's I think that's a super great thing that's happened for spouses is. Like you said, people being able to work virtually more and more frequently these days. So when you want to put silver linings to a pandemic, that's definitely a shiny one, right? Yeah. (laughs) And that's also a good case for entrepreneurship too, because I work with a lot of spouses and they're coming from the same perspective as me. I want to be able to run a business, but brick and mortar is not necessarily an option for me right now until maybe on our last assignment, if we know what that's going to be, Mm -hmm. you know, so like we're doing something that's virtual and mobile makes a lot of sense. And there's a lot of brands out there that do that. There's a lot of franchises, surprisingly, more than just the entrepreneur source. There's there's recruiting franchises, there's healthcare. I mean, franchising 
traverses about 75, 85 different industries. And there's about 4,000 brands out there. And they're not all fast food and French fries and things like that. There's just so much you can do. Even in some cases, I've had folks start a franchise and you know, maybe they thought they were at their last assignment and it was you know, a territory-based kind of business. It's still home-based, but it was territory-based. Mm-hmm. So when they got the orders to pick up and go, that franchisor actually worked with them and reallocated their territory. So sometimes there's some advocacy that's needed there. And, and I do some of that as well. So advocating between franchisees and franchisors, that's something that I kind of put into my process, at least on the front end of everything. You know, I actually really love that we're talking about franchising because I am almost done with the book, The E-Myth. And Thanks. I would assume that you have read that book. And it's all about, favorite. yeah, it's all about creating franchises. And, you know, Jason, you're really the first person I'm talking to who is educating on building franchises online. So I'm very intrigued with this conversation just because in my mind, I have been self-employed for 12 years only because I felt like I couldn't like do a brick and mortar, like having been a military child moving every two to three years, even though once we ended up settling in SoCal, my mind didn't settle. Like I never felt like I could stay in one career. I couldn't even understand how my friends were so proud to get the nine to five job. I mean, I was like, how can you even do that? Like that scares me to think that I could stay somewhere for so long, considering that wasn't part of my upbringing. And so part of why I became self-employed was because of just the fact that I could do everything online. And even till this day, like on my third business venture, still doing it, you know, strictly online. I mean, this is an exception because Jenny Lynn and I (laughs) are actually in person. We happen to live like nearby, which is really amazing. But for the most part, you know, everything I do is online. So I think it's great to, you know, Jason, for you to provide this kind of education and more importantly, make veterans aware because, you know, it's kind of that if you're looking for something after the military, you're looking for a system to follow rather than jumping from, you know, the military to a corporate job. You can get into a franchise and that's still a system that you can follow. So I really love, you know, one that you found that for yourself, you know, and two, you're able to do it remotely. Like no matter where your wife ends up moving to next, you can still follow her and not skip a beat. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I love that. And just to kind of speak to, you know, finding systems and, you know, corporate America is sometimes a good path for a lot of folks, you know, and I don't think entrepreneurship is for everybody. Uh, I I know veterans are very good in the franchise side because of the systems and processes, but sometimes, you know, they want to take their foot off the gas a little bit. Even though a franchise helps your business be a little bit easier, it's still hard entrepreneurial work, right? So some people just want to enjoy their retirement and have an easy job. And sometimes you could get that out of a franchise. Like there are some semi-absentee franchises. I own a couple of them. I own a couple of salons with Sharky's Cuts for Kids. Those are semi-absentee franchises where you're kind of managing a manager and you know making sure your systems are in place and make sure the marketing is happening and things like that. But in some cases, you know, where it goes back to that career ownership coaching, I'm not just focusing on franchising. I want people to really look at all the possibilities in front of them so that they can make a clear, educated choice at the end of the day, what's going to be the best situation for them and their families. And I actually have a, uh, an acronym that I go off of, and I want everybody that I work with to focus on that when we're doing our education together. And it's, I call it the ill week, your income, you want to focus on your lifestyle and what kind of wealth and equity you can get out of your next path. So that ILWI is like super important. And, you know, they probably teach it in a different way in like the TAP programs and stuff like that. But I, I imagine mostly it's like, let's go secure that next income source. Well, right. that, maybe sometimes that's not the most important thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, speaking of which, if people don't know what entrepreneurship is like, 
there's another term that people often say nowadays, which is entrepreneur, which is someone working yes. in a business. I consider Jenny Lin an entrepreneur because she works in a business. So for yes. people that are hearing that for the first time, can you describe, you know, for people who may not be ready to do a franchise or, you know, be self-employed like me, what does it mean to be an entrepreneur and how that's just as valid? Absolutely. Yes. And we, we actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago. So thank you for reminding me on this. And that's, that's just another way of, to me, that's another way of entrepreneurship. You don't necessarily own something, but you can own your time and you can own your freedom within an organization. So I think a really good example of entrepreneurs on the military side is warrant officers. And I say that because I was a warrant officer, but, <laughs> <laughs> but as a warrant officer, and, and you can apply this to corporate America and other situations, but as a warrant officer, I was considered that subject matter expert and was in control of scheduling, managing my people, managing my programs and managing my projects. Well, that in turn says there's a lot of flexibility there because no one's actually looking over your shoulder, watching you and making sure all this stuff gets done because they trust you at that point. You, you've earned that trust within that organization so that you can have that freedom and flexibility of kind of entrepreneurship. Because mm -hmm. also at that same time, you can actually identify the projects and programs that best benefit your organization and they give you leeway and, and freedom to do that. Now, you have to build a lot of trust within your organization to do that, but that's a really great way to, you know, get some of that ill we back in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Jenny Lynn, without getting to too much detail of what we talked about before we were talking with Jason, also being a type six Enneagram, which <laughs> this type of personality is perfect for being an entrepreneur. Any thoughts? Well, one, thanks for the second thing I'm adding to my resume. We talked about being a professional shower upper earlier, and now we're talking about <laughs> entrepreneur, both things that I'm putting at the top. But what people couldn't see as Jason was describing this was the look on my face of like, hmm, what exactly is this? Because this is all new for me. But I really think it comes down to something Jen and I talk about quite often, which is the good idea fairy. My family is full of them. Both my husband and I have big ideas and look for ways to put them into existing structures and, you know, really build and promote the things we're already a part of. For him, it's the Navy. And for me, it's Cohen Veterans Network. And, you know, I really appreciate there being something that kind of validates those experiences. I love that I work for a business, well, a nonprofit, but I mean, I love that I work for a nonprofit because I'm someone who really likes the structure that a you know, comes with a more corporate America feel. Also, though, because I do outreach, it's very entrepreneurial. And I mean, I make up what I do. Like I am, you know, the person who writes the strategic communications plan and works on the events and all of those things. And so it does come with a very entrepreneurial spirit. So to put a new label on it, I really yeah. like that and appreciate the validity it kind of brings to a job where I especially in this world and, and coming out of COVID where entrepreneurship really seems to have like exploded. I mean, especially yeah. in the military and veteran community, my LinkedIn is full of it. Some of, I know for me as someone who works for a company, it feels like, Ooh, am I missing the boat? Like, Ooh, you know, like, is this really where, you know, am I supposed to be doing the entrepreneur thing? Cause that looks like what everybody else is doing. So to kind of, provide some validity to those of us who have that spirit, but do it well within an existing corporation is great. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're an entrepreneur and didn't even know it yet. I know. And, <laughs> <laughs> 
And you know what? There's a lot to say about your employer about that too, being able to give you the freedom and flexibility to do that. Because, you know, and I'm going to speak from the millennial perspective. And just mostly it's because I had Dr. Jennifer Wisdom on my podcast the other day. And she and I have like some really fascinating conversations about millennial leadership, millennial work, and things like that. But we are, a, I say we because I'm, I'm kind of that, that elder millennial, you know, I'm almost 40, but still kind of hit that criteria. But we're a generational... Gen- I prefer the term zennial though, because we definitely grew up with a lot of Gen X in us with the, like, right. no technology. And I fall strictly in that, like, I love my systems. Yeah. I mean, we still played outside, but had a little bit of Nintendo, you know, yeah. on the weekends, yeah. right? Game, Game Boy. Game Boy. <laughs> That's <first>. right. <laughs> but we're, we're a generation of leavers. Right. So if, if an organization does not really reflect our values and our goals, we're going to say see you later. You know, and the fact that a, an organization is able to keep you for that long and give you that flexibility and that trust and everything says a lot. And that's why a lot of millennials are actually gearing towards entrepreneurship because they have more control over those goals and those values than they're seeing in corporate America right now. The corporate America is kind of messed up on the leadership side right now. There's some organizations that are doing it very, very well, but the large majority are doing it very poorly. And so that's what's actually leading this gig worker slash entrepreneurship type of system with the millennial culture. And I've seen that more and more, especially doing this career ownership coaching. I have people approach me specifically wanting to be in business and leave that corporate America for those reasons. Yeah. I mean, none of that information is surprising to me, you know, especially watching, uh, gosh, Twitter and LinkedIn. And also, it makes me wonder, like, how much education is out there for making that shift. Like it's one thing to start watching the trend, but are we capitalizing on the trend as a like, what's corporate America going to do, right? Everybody can't leave. Like we're still going to need cereal and cars. Like that's a thing. (laughs) Like, you know, so how are we? I love that's how you relate to corporate America. (laughs) I mean, I I was trying not to be brand specific. That was very, (laughs) I was trying to think of two things most people use without, you know, specifically targeting an organization or a brand. But, you know, how can they lean into that entrepreneurial spirit with that new word, entrepreneur, and capitalize on those of us who are that elder millennial generation, (laughs) you know, and tap into that because I do think we bring a lot to the table as far as, you know, the good idea fairies and also the fact that we're pretty strong in our values. I mean, Jen and I just had this conversation and the reason she brought up my Enneagram number is because I am by name a loyalist. And so I am going to be loyal to something almost to a fault, but you're going to have it. And so how are we going to capitalize on folks like me and like you that can be very loyal to something and bring lots of great things to the table and not lose us to, you know, doing our own thing? Or even the competitor, the competition, right? Yeah. The other serial in cars. (laughs) Right, right. So I think there's probably a little bit of leadership disparity out there in, in corporate America where well, most corporate organizations are led by, you know, Gen Xer or baby boomer generation. And their expectations are much, much more different and diverse than what 
we want to accomplish, right? And it's a weird thing. So even that, that's a nice way to put it, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. That's being very nice. <laughs> very politically correct. Yeah. Good yes. job. And you know what? The you know was it the Gen Z that's after millennials, right? Gen Z, it's even more different, right? So it speaks to the need of having to adjust to communication patterns and styles in corporate America. When so a good example of that is like you talk to you know, somebody that's been in corporate America, you know, in the 90s or something like that, and they tell an employee to do something and that employee asks why, that would be out of the question like 20 years ago. But now you almost have to, you know, really describe why you're doing things and provide that kind of detail. And, and, and you should do it anyway, but that was not normally the case back then. And we drive off of, we thrive, I should say, we thrive off of information that. And, and we, we do a better job when we have better information. We understand why we're doing what we're doing. And I have the ability to be able to ask questions and also question, you know, what we're doing and maybe inflect some of our own, you know, maybe expertise or insights on that. And that's something that's not always there in corporate America. And I think that's why there's a lot of people leaving and doing their own thing. Oh, yeah. Well, the shift really to like, if you're going to go corporate, you want to be with a corporation that not only produces cereal, we'll continue with the analogy, <laughs> but also, you know, gives back in some form of fashion to something that makes sense to them. Like I came across a company yesterday, I think uh, it was an Instagram targeted ad, which will tell you a lot about my Instagram as soon as I say what they do, but they sell cookie dough a percentage of their proceeds goes to helping women in recovery. And it is that upfront, you see it, like as soon as you log on their page, hey, here's the product we've got. And it's delicious. It's freaking cookie dough you eat with a spoon. Also, by buying this product, you know, 30% of our sales is going to help women in recovery through this organization. And then they give you both information about how the company came to be and why they are supporting this. And I, you know, I know... Again, as a loyalist and as someone who, you know, really puts a lot of value in values and, and, and supporting good causes, like, but this is the shift I think everybody's starting to kind of trend toward and being able to do that, you know, especially like as an entrepreneur and be able to set those goals, right? Like I read about that company yesterday on Instagram and I was like, dude, that is a fabulous idea. Like, man, I want to get to know her and I want to do, you know, and how can then I go and do this and what I do, right? Yeah. Like they have right. a cause outside of making money. Yes, which I think is really important to people of our generation. And that's really where it's shifting from the corporate America, climb the ladder to make money for you, yourself and you. And, you know, what are you doing for the greater community, which is something Jen and I are very passionate about on this show. Yeah, I agree with both of you. You know, I as a millennial, I'm 34, so I'm I'm kind of like, you know, I'm like the middle child millennial, you know. I'm not like too young, but I'm not seasoned. <laughs> I'm going to use my words. You're welcome. Y'all welcome. You're welcome. And you're right. It's like like I think our generation, it's like we want to do something that's greater than us. You know, it's not just about us and our, you know, professional yeah, professional ladder. It's not about just climbing the ladder. It's about, you know, bringing people with us as we climb that ladder. So all that being said, I love how, you know, we were able to 
really describe what it means to be an entrepreneur. I love your perspective, Jason, talking about you know being a franchise entrepreneur. You don't just have to be self-employed like me who had to start from scratch three times over, which is I don't recommend, by the way. It's not <laughs> fun. I don't recommend <laughs> it. And also, you know, showing validity in entrepreneurs, people like Jenny Lin, who works within a system. And so I love having shared just kind of, you know, just a variety of being an entrepreneur. And I hope that this conversation really inspires people to now look into it and not see it as such a big, scary thing that you have to start from scratch. So with all that in mind, Jason, what I want to talk with you next, which is really our final topic today is, um, okay, I've decided to be an entrepreneur. I've decided I'm going to start a franchise. I've decided, you know, A, B, and C, I decided to get into this space. And here at US Vet Wealth, we're all about educating our veterans and career military families on how they can use their military benefits, use what they already have to live life intentionally and smartly in post-military life. Part of why I bring this up is because, Jason, you actually brought this up in our offline conversation of how you actually, this is actually kind of controversial, so get ready, everyone, how you recommend veterans use their thrift savings plan. So I want to get your perspective on that and you know how you educate veterans on how they could potentially use that or reinvest that into, let's say, their own business. Yeah. So it's a resource and it's an option. There are a lot of business financing options out there. And you know sometimes the best one is using your own funds, right? Mm-hmm. You know. You know, you have the Dave Ramsey folks out there like that are very much against debt and they're debt free and things like that. But, and you know, I hope there's a good understanding between good debt and bad debt out there. Right? A nice, solid business loan, maybe through the SBA, I, I would consider that good debt. You know, that's secured through the government that helps you with your business, helps you grow. But another way to kind of skirt that is if you have a solid, you know, TSP, traditional IRA, or even a 401k. There's ways that you can actually roll that over into a C Corp. It's a lot like rolling over your your TSP into a a traditional IRA or adding it to your 401k or something like that. It's tax deferred. So when you do that, you're actually saving yourself the heartache and ass pain of actually pulling it out and getting that 20% tax rate, right? And so when you do that rollover, you roll it into a business entity called a C Corp. And a C Corp has a lot of benefits. You know, the difference between a C Corp and an LLC is that C Corp offers an extra layer of separation between you personally and the business. So in doing that, you also must become a W-2 employee of your business, of that C Corp. So you're also you're kind of creating a job for yourself through your business at the same time. So in doing that, you could actually use those funds to pay yourself a salary. And also invest into your business because they're your own shares. You can allocate them however you desire to grow your company, right? And so that's employing employees, you know, growing your brand, buying equipment, maybe a retail space if that's what you're looking at. So the other benefits to doing that is you actually create your own internal 401k plan. And with that 401k plan, you can reinvest back into that corporation on your terms, under your control. So in doing that, you can contribute as much as you want as an employee, but you can actually match contributions at 100% as your own employer in doing that. So it's a pretty large wealth building system that you could create out yourself by yourself. And you can also pass that on to your employees as well. It's not just you as the you know, internal employee. Now take a quick look before doing those 100% max contributions, you know, maybe put a little bit of a throttle on that, talk to a good tax attorney or a tax accountant on that and, you know, kind of get some advice on it. But that's one of the tools that I really like to use to, you know, not only build some great wealth, but also help you start your business without debt. Yeah. Jenny Lynn, did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, no, I did not. That was all very interesting. Yeah. Well, Jason, thank you so much for sharing that. And I thought it'd be better for you to explain it than for me, yeah. just because you're actually legitimately trained, like teaching people how to do this. And I shared this with my husband and, you know, together we run US Bet Wealth, which is a sponsor of the show. And he was just like, oh my gosh, like we need more people talking like that. <laughs> so That's I just awesome. appreciate you like taking a minute to you know, to kind of like just willing to have that conversation, say, hey, TSP is not just for retirement. You could actually, like you said, roll it into like a C-Corp and C-Corp. I always say like core, like like Office Depot. I always say it wrong. Right. C-Corp. <laughs> and you could actually pay yourself. You can kind of, in a sense, have your own private bank and, you know, fund your own business and pay yourself your own paycheck. So I appreciate you, you know, kind of getting into that detail. And, you know, that's definitely something that we hope to continue to educate our career military families and veterans about is that, you know, your benefits are a lot more than what you're getting educated on. And it's great to have someone such as yourself in post-military, in a sense, to be able to educate about this. So thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to, happy to educate on that. And, you know, as a parting, you know, thought when it comes to business financing, I'm going to bust a big myth on here. And this is not something that we talked about before, but mm -hmm. there is no such thing as a veteran's business loan. Mm. There are a lot of banks that say that they help veterans get SBA preferred business loans, but they're not actually you know, vet, vet loans built for veterans. The SBA actually discontinued the Patriot Express program, which was the business loan for veterans back in 2014. And there has not been a business loan since that has been for veterans. The VA doesn't offer it. The VA actually wow. redirects people back to the SBA, which they, they're barely even veteran preferred. And I've actually explored this process in great depth with the SBA. And there's really not a whole lot of differences between, you know, civilian getting those SBA loans and a veteran. So just FYI out there, and that's just for the folks that are looking for business loans and business funding, unless a private bank offers it, there's no such thing, at least mm -hmm. on the government side. Well, you heard it right here from Jason Madden. Jason, I bet our veterans and anyone listening to the show is now especially intrigued to learn more about this and may want to talk to you. So let us know how people can find you. Yeah, you can find me. You know, LinkedIn is pretty much where I'm at social media wise. You know, you can email me at jmadden at esourcecoach.com and you can check out my website at jmadden.esourcecoach.com. Awesome. Jenny Lynn, any closing thoughts? Well, one, thank you. That was all very informative. I'm trying not to sweat profusely on like, oh my gosh, what happens in five years? That's a lot of options. And so, you know, from those of us who are still on the active duty side of the house and kind of looking down the road at what it looks like to transition out and transition well, I'm just incredibly, let me say thank you. And that I'm incredibly grateful that folks that you and folks like you are out there, you know, encouraging folks to do the best with what they have versus, you know, not transitioning well. So, you know, thanks to you and to US Fetwell for like being not just supportive with your words, but also supportive in your actions of those that are transitioning out of the service. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And high five to uh, us. No. <laughs> yeah, high five, right? And just to speak on that that fear, what is the fear? What is fear? It's the absence of knowledge, right? We mm. we're scared of things because we don't know the outcome. So if you are nervous about your transition, what do you need to do? You need to educate yourself. You need to learn and you need to grow. And that's what my whole thing is all about, education and discovery. And, and that's going to help, you know, kind of mitigate some of those fears because you're going to arm yourself with knowledge. 
Wonderful. Well, Jason, I know you got to get going. So I just can't thank you enough for our offline conversations and now our recorded conversation. Uh, To our listeners, we hope you got a lot of value. Check out the show notes to get in touch with Jason Madden. And that's it. Thank you all so much for joining. We'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks again for joining us here at Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. I'm your creator and co-host, Jen Amos. And of course, with me is Jenny Lynch Stroop. We thank you so much for listening to our show. If you got a lot out of our conversation today, be sure to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, or you can leave us a kind LinkedIn recommendation on our LinkedIn profiles. Learn more about Holding Down the Fort by visiting holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. And there you'll also be able to find us on social media and how to contact us directly. We thank you all so much for joining us. Last but not least, thank you so much to our sponsor, US Vet Wealth, for making this show possible. Be sure to learn more about our sponsor at usvetwealth.com. With that said, we will see you in the next episode. Tune in next time.